Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Amid a blood shortage crisis and standstill traffic most of the hours of the day in Nigeria, it can take over 24 hours to transport blood to patients in critical need. Joseph, one of the city's motorcycle blood riders, can deliver blood to hospitals in under an hour. For mothers in labor, this is often the difference between life and death. The film is called Blood Riders, and we're joined today by the director as well as producer and cinematographer from this wonderful short documentary, and that would be John Casby. John, welcome back to Film School Radio. Thank you so much for having me back. Thank you. And so you put it in this context. So tell me a little bit about how you got onto the subject of these blood riders in Lagos, Nigeria. Yeah, of course. Um, so Google reached out to me um, after they saw my first feature film when Lambs Become Lions. And that was, um, you know, a multi-year part process in, in Kenya. And they were also aware that I'd done some work in Central African Republic. So they reached out and were telling me about the work that LifeBank was doing. Um, and it was clear that, you know, there was a really serious blood shortage crisis going on. And this organization using uh, very speedy motorcycle drivers was finding a way to connect blood banks, hospitals, and, uh, and you know, these motorcycle drivers um, to address this, this need. Um, and, it, you know, Nigeria is the fourth highest maternal mortality rate in the world, and it's due to the limited access to blood. Um, and so just hearing about the great lengths that these healthcare workers and delivery riders were going to to get blood where it needed to be, along with, you know, just the urgency of maternal mortality as a, as a topic, I was drawn to it instantly, and I really couldn't stop thinking about it. Um, and so, you know, pretty, pretty immediately started reaching out to people there and to LifeBank's organization and learning as much as we could about what was going on and kind of how they were addressing this need um, and trying to get a sense for logistically, like what, like how we would go about documenting this, because we knew we wanted it to be present tense. We knew we wanted to create something that would put audiences in the shoes of both the, the you know, people in the hospital going through whatever it is that, that they're going through and the ultimate need along with the with the motorcycle drivers that are delivering the blood it's remarkable and one of the things about blood riders is you put us right in the literally in the on the motorcycle uh, rider in this case joseph as they speed through uh through traffic both oncoming and otherwise, uh, and it's it's a it's a it puts you right into that sense of the urgency of what these, what they're about, what they're doing. Um, tell us a little bit about this process. I know you started out with a larger group and you kind of winnowed it down to to who we see in the film. Um, how, how what was that process like for you? It was really really tricky. Um, you know, we we'd heard from the beginning, we'd heard from a lot of the the motorcycle drivers this this thing that would happen quite a bit where they'd arrive to the hospital just minutes after someone had died um, and you know the weight of that trauma i think pushed them to every single time a, an order for blood came in that they would go as fast as possible every single time from putting on their uniform to riding the bike to running the blood into the hospital it was always as fast as possible at all times and seeing that and um and actually experiencing it really influenced the way we shot. You know, str straight away, we 
we we didn't pick up our cameras we actually went and sat on the bikes with them to get a small sense of what that felt like and it was a very chaotic unpredictable um, unique every single time and so we wanted to make sure our cinematography kind of reflected that but at the same time we very quickly realized it was very difficult to predict um, who was going to need blood and when if we just stayed with the blood riders so what we chose to do was to kind of spread out our resources amongst multiple pregnant women um, we were hearing from LifeBank a lot that um, that when women go into labor, oftentimes things can go wrong. And when births get complicated, additional blood is needed. And, and you know, and when it gets to that point, the delivery time is crucial. It can be the difference between life and death. And I didn't mention this earlier, but on, on top of all these complications, the traffic in Lagos is hectic and oftentimes gridlocked. And that can lead to up to 24 hours um, of a transit time to get blood from a blood bank to a hospital. And so what we did is we, you know, we, LifeBank connected us with hospitals that they work with regularly. We, we met with those hospitals and told them, um, you know, what we were doing and why we were doing it and why we felt like people should see what's going on. And, you know, the hospitals that were into that and wanted to collaborate with us started connecting me with pregnant women. I probably met with about 40 women um, in the first week. And 10 of those women were interested in working with us and being a part of this project. And so we just, we kind of filmed with all of them. You know, it was really important to us that the, that the pregnant woman had her own arc in this and wasn't just someone that we started filming with when there was a need. Um, it was actually, you know, their, their own character throughout. So we really prioritized filming before labor began. Yeah. Um, and what that led to was us filming a, a number of women who, you know, thankfully had very smooth births with no issues and didn't need additional blood. Um, in some cases, when we gave birth, we missed it just by minutes. And it was, you know, it was it was heartbreaking to like you know invest so much time and then to miss the moment um on our end and then there was one woman her name was deborah who we filmed with and she had she gave birth and had complications and needed additional blood um, and then joseph was the blood rider that came to the hospital um that night so it uh you know we didn't necessarily beforehand know that those were the two characters that were going to become the, the the central arcs of the story but it, it just kind of happened that way and we, we knew we had to kind of leave it up to chance because, you know, it's, when, it's, when it's an emergency like this, you can't always predict it. Um, and so we did our best to kind of like spread out our resources um, and, and, you know, in some ways hope we were able to capture this moment we kept hearing about. You would, we talked about before our, our conversation began uh, a little bit about the complications uh, and the challenges in the film. It sounds like what you just described is a lot of those. Is that pretty much, you know, the kind of the challenges you had? making the film yes okay logistically logistically it was very 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 hard to predict what was gonna like who was gonna need what when um we got a good sense because we went on so many rides with the blood riders we had a good sense of kind of what their process was like like when the call gets in who gets sent how quickly do they go what that all feels like but in terms of like filming in a hospital and um you know just being sensitive to the birth process and knowing that you know there are times where we built trust with a with someone who was going through it and we felt like everything was good. And then as they started going to labor, they had changed their mind and they didn't want to be a part of it anymore. Um, and, you know, we really saw this as a collaboration and we didn't want to be filming with anyone that didn't want to be filmed. So when that happened, we would just stop. We'd turn the cameras off. We'd, you know, back off. We'd, you know, entirely switch directions or we'd wait and see if they came around. It made it tricky. And then, you know, so on one hand, we're, 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 we're filming this extremely sensitive, quiet, um, patient way and on the other hand you know we're also with these filming these blood riders on motorcycles and we ourselves are on motorcycles separate motorcycles following them and to kind of embrace the shaky chaotic nature of 
of what that ride is like, we would sit on separate motorcycles backwards and actually squeeze our legs together to hold onto the bike while using both hands to hold the camera because we wanted to keep it handheld and authentic and, and have this kind of raw feel to it. And there were, there were moments where it, where it worked beautifully and we were able to get these, these shots we were really excited about. And there are other moments where we completely lost the blood riders because the, the motorcycle riders we were working with to, to film through couldn't keep up with them. They were so fast and so quick at getting in and out of traffic that we couldn't, it was very hard to find other motorcycle riders that could keep up. Um, yeah. So yeah, th those were, those were kind of two of the complicating those, factors. Yeah, so. those are, that sounds like a lot. And, and, and by the way, as you described, there, there's the uh, blood riders, uh, their attention to detail. We see that play out in the film and it, it, it's, it's preparation. They're, they seem to, uh, from what I saw in the film, always ready at a moment's notice to be able to go. And, uh, and also the personality that is involved in wanting to be a part of that, that enterprise is, it comes through in the film as well. Uh, it is a bit of an adrenaline rush at watching, uh, being, a, being a part of them on these motorcycles and uh, that experience. But it's also about um, these women who, who are in need of, of assistance, this kind of life and death situation that they can find themselves in. Which kind of leads me to an, uh, so a question I want to ask. Uh, you've spent quite a bit of time in Africa. Uh, your previous film, When Lambs Become Lions, was filmed in Kenya. Am I got that right? Do I have that? Yes. Yeah. In, Northern Kenya. In Northern, yeah. Filmed in Northern Kenya. And um, you've obviously spent a fair amount of time in the central part of Africa. In light of what's going on with the pandemic, your time there, What's your sense of the uh, the culture, the economy, the people of Central Africa? How are they doing in, in, in very general terms? And I know that's a huge question, but. It is a huge question. I mean, yeah. what I'll say is that most of the, you know, the, the, the guys, at least the guys in Kenya that I'm very close with that I still talk to, you know, a couple times a week, um, seem more concerned about me being in America. Um, you know, I live in New York and, and they see on the news what's what's happening here and, and they seem more worried about that. They think in their area they've had one case of COVID-19 reported. Um, so they, they haven't, they specifically haven't seemed too concerned about it. But I will say in, in Lagos, Nigeria, it's been quite different. And LifeBank has been at the forefront of responding to this. And it, it makes sense. You know, they're so skilled and used to and accustomed to unpredictable circumstances and i feel like you know through all their work with delivering blood through insane traffic they're good at adjusting very quickly um and so i felt like they were quite quite well equipped to deal with with covid and so they're actually leading they're at the forefront of the response to covid 19 right now in in nigeria by creating the first drive-through testing sites and connecting you know very critical equipment to hospitals and providing free oxygen support to patients that are suffering so it's it's very exciting to see them doing that and it's also you know i was saying it's, it's exciting to be partnering with a film festival like we are one where the proceeds are going towards covid 19 relief throughout the world uh, through local organizations because um, that's that's just totally what life bank and the, and the blood writers are all about so for people who, yes, definitely go to YouTube.com, check out this film festival, and as well as Blood Rider. So John Casby, uh, before I let you go, I just want to let people know that your previous work, you were on, you, know, you were on the show for When Lambs Become Lions, and I, I just want to again compliment you on your work, You're, you, because there's some consistency in the in terms of the look, the feel, 
uh, and the access that you're able to gain not only when lambs become lions. That was a remarkable documentary. I just want people to understand. They really should check this out. The access you had to the poachers and to the people protecting the uh, wildlife was amazing. The, the, it's just a fantastic documentary. I can't say enough about it. And then this one as well, it's a, it's a short doc, 17, 18 minutes long. Both of these have a, a look to them, a feel to them, um, and of some great filmmaking. And I, I don't have a question. I just want to make sure people understand that they need to be keeping an eye on you and your work. Anything? What are you are you working on? Some stuff right now? I am. Yes, I'm. I'm working on three features right now, um, but I can't talk about them yet. Okay. Well, don't. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, but thank you so much. Thank it, you so much for having me back on the show. Oh, and, you're uh, so welcome. Again, once it. again, yeah. the the film is Blood Rider. The uh, director, producer, cinematographer. That would be John Casby. Thank you so much. Thank you. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio. 